Achieving Exceptional Performance, Shared Insights. Welcome to All Things Intriguing with your host, Dr. Raymond L. Newkirk. That's me. Achieving Exceptional Performance, episode number 16. Validating the Critical Success Factor. That's the CSF. Insightful Flexibility Fitting to All Employees. Some people enjoy plenty of flexibility, but they lack insights to leverage their flexibility. Too bad, right? Very flexible people, but they have not able to put it together with any insights. So, other people, though, enjoy the flash of great insights. More often than most, they have insights. It's very easy for them. They can put two and two together. They can think of all kinds of things. But you know what? They remain inflexible. So sad. I have met people who are profoundly insightful, but they never change. They can gain insight on something that invalidates some of their behavior, but they don't change. They can gain insight that invalidates some of their beliefs, but they don't change. They remain inflexible. So sad. So what's better? To have plenty of flexibility, no insights, or have plenty of insights and remain inflexible? You know what? They're both bad. It's not okay. If you want to achieve exceptional performance, learn to unify your insights with the personal power of your intelligent flexibility. This way you will deliver something exceptional. And this way you will have mastered the art and skill of insightful flexibility. And that's a critical success factor in life. You know that? You have to have insightful flexibility to be able to move fast, to adapt quickly, to respond okay. to the things of this world, to accommodate new experiences, to meet new people, to make new friends, to get along. You have to have flexibility, but not so much that it's just to have it without thinking. You have to have insight. And the insight drives you to be flexible. You see? That's a response. You have a lot of insight. The response should be flexibility. You have a lot of flexibility. You better gain some insights. That's the way it works in life. All right? So, something to think about, right? So, hello. Thanks for listening. Welcome to my podcast. It will be far-ranging, challenging, surprising, insightful, informative, interesting, and even intriguing. Yes. Intriguing. This boy, I've had people say to me, that's really intriguing. How did you come up with that? And I thought that was an intriguing question. Intrigue me to come up with the answer. You know? So my podcast is brought to you by the folks at Systems Management Institute in Orlando, Florida. Check us out at www.smirsp.com. Your visit is more than welcome. Now, when you want wisdom and insight as badly as you want to breathe, it is then you shall have it. You know who said that? 
Yes, you're right. My second cousin, twice removed, but he happens to be deceased. His name is Socrates. Guy lived a long time ago, even before me. And even before you. Even before a lot of people that are considered intelligent. He's one of the historically intelligent people. Named Socrates, the Greek philosopher, right? When you want wisdom and insight as badly as you want to breathe, as then you shall have it. Doesn't come easy. You've got to really want it. You know, there are a lot of people who are intellectually uh, lazy. Intellectually lazy. You know, I know people who freely admit that they're not very intelligent. And it's okay with them. They don't want to read. They don't want to bother with studying. They don't really want to develop their mind. And that's the ones that are rewards of a life. To be able to develop our mind, to develop good insight, to be loving in an intelligent kind of way. So when you want wisdom and insight as badly as you want to breathe, as then you shall have it. You know, there are some people that don't even care if they breathe or not. They just live a life day by day, not excited about anything, have no interest in anything, kind of vegetating. Isn't that a tragedy of a human life? Socrates knew that. You've got to have a desire to be wise, to develop wisdom. And you have to have a desire to attain insight, to have it. It's not freely given. It's, not, it's a gift of a connected life, you know. You don't wake up from birth with all kinds of insight. Not normally. You don't have a lot of wisdom from day one. You know, your parents are much older than you are, so you speak a different language they don't understand. So you cry a lot, dirty your diaper some, and pretty much get some attention. If you have parents that love you. If not, then the nurses will take care of you. But the point is, you start out at life ready to be developed and to develop yourself. That's what you are. You're an entity brought into this earth to become wise, to grow in your insights, to change the world. The world near you, the world that you're in, you can change it for the better. When you're a newborn baby, you can outgrow the limitations of your friends of your family, your relatives, your teachers. A good professor knows he's done a good job when his students become smarter than him or her. When my students can go toe-to-toe with me and discuss issues on an intelligent level that doesn't bore me, then I've done a good job, and I'm happy that they can do that. I want people to challenge me by their very existence and their ideas. Because what fun is life to go through life never being challenged. You never find out what you're made of, what you can do, right? Have you ever met those people who don't react to anything? Nothing impresses them. They never compliment anybody. They're nice. They're there. But you could jump over the Empire State Building and they will say, that might be a record. 
you should check into the Olympic records. That possibly could be a record. Come on now, right? <laughs> or you could you could outrace a cheetah, and they would say, "Ah, oh, gee, that might be pretty good. You better look into the record books and see if anybody ever outran a cheetah when they're doing 60 miles an hour. That might be okay." Or you have a real good friend and you get a big award and you get a big honor and you get a medal. And your friend says to you, hey, I'll buy you lunch to celebrate, but bring the medal. I got to see it first. And then you show it to them and they say to you, how come you got that and I didn't? Well, 20 years of hard work and labor, you know, discipline, you know, hard work while you're Fishing, I'm studying, writing, meditating, reading, okay, talking, exchanging ideas, relating to people that know more than I do. You see, you got to want it badly. That's the point. You have to want it as much as you want to breathe. If you don't want to breathe, that's your first problem. You better get a good doctor that can help you. Or you need to change your environment. Or you need to take a positive position for yourself. I don't know. I don't give advice. But I can tell you that if you don't want to breathe, you're right. It's a problem. But I would prefer that you want wisdom and insight as much as you want to breathe. And then you will have it according to Socrates. Well, I think that's pretty important. I think it's good, and he knows what he's talking about. And history has borne up well with Socrates. He's not been considered anybody's fool after all these years, which are more than 25, you know. So you have to prepare action plans to be able to do this. So how can I validate the CSF, insightful flexibility, and fitting all employees? Hmm. Well, you need action plans to be able to do that, don't you? We've talked about this before. You have to offer a large range of solutions to meet the needs of employees. Because remember, we're talking about building exceptional performance. And one of the CSFs of exceptional performance is insightful flexibility. And if you're a manager, you want to help build that insightful flexibility of your people because it will make your team, your department, your organization much more exceptional in their performance. So you offer a large range of solutions to meet the needs of the employees, your team members, your colleagues. You offer a range of solutions for every level in the company. You have people at different levels, right? If somebody's new, you certainly don't give them a solution that would only apply to a CFO. Or if a CFO comes along, you don't give them some kind of solution that's fitting for an intern. You have to get it right. You have to show judgment. You have to offer a range of solutions for every level in the company. That's what you really do when you're an exceptional employee. You can talk to different people, share insight and wisdom to a wider range of people. See? 
offer a range of solutions for every level in the company. That would be optimum. And what do we know about those solutions? We've talked about them already. Evidence-based. They will last forever. They're enduring. And everybody can understand them in the team. Right? So there's things we've learned already in the first few podcasts about this. So we're kind of repeating all this, but so you can have insightful flexibility. Really important, you know? So think about it. Offer a large range of solutions to meet the needs of employees. Offer a range of solutions for every level in the company. Right? And when you think about it, learn to master it. Where are you going to find these solutions? Are you going to create them? Are you going to go back in your history? Are you going to take your experience and derive it? You know? Think about it. It's all about solutions. You remember what I said? The cost of problem solving exceeds the cost of operations of a company. That's how expensive problem solving is. Because a lot of the solutions are not redundant. You know? You know, people react differently to solutions. There's a lot of psychology in this. Some people feel that they, that they just can't cut the mustard and they want to keep it hidden. So they act like they know everything. And then they look poorly bad because everybody knows they don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. Right? So people can be changeable. They can react differently. There's a lot of psychology in this. When you talk about critical success factors, you're talking about human behavior. You know? People have to behave appropriately for the situation. That's always part of the solution. If you have an employee that messes up, or if you have a manager that doesn't seem too smart, how do you handle that? What's the psychology behind that? A lot of solutions are just psychological. They're behaviors. If I act this way, I will get this kind of reaction. A good way to deliver solutions and to learn solutions and to build good teams is mastering communications. And that means really learning to Listen with interest. Learning to listen with interest. We have one mouth and two ears, right? God's trying to tell us something. I've said that before. So what we really want to do is we master the art of communications, which means we learn to listen well. And when we communicate with people, it's just not all verbal, is it? We have to look at them. We have to connect with them. We have to empathetic connection. Sometimes we feel what they feel or they share an insight that we could share with them because we've had the same experience. This is what we do. You know, this is how we learn. And this is how we develop insightful flexibility. First of all, by communicating well. 
which means you listen well, and communicating is verbal and nonverbal. You ever seen a person that really gets excited and they're trying to hide it? They don't have to talk to you. You know. See a person who's down and they're trying to hide it, but you know. They haven't said a word, but you know something's wrong. They might deny it, but the way they deny it tells you you're right. And then you have to respond in a flexible way to the insight that you have. And the insight is usually about human behavior. You know? Think about a manager that can't communicate and be very clear about what they want you to do. Or think about a manager that no matter what you do, it's good enough. It leaves you feeling incomplete. You know they didn't even look. They're not even going to look at it. That doesn't matter. Why did you even bother? You know, I have an interest that goes back more than 35 minutes in cybersecurity. We had cybersecurity back in the 60s, although we didn't have the networks we have today. But we still had bugs in the system. Yeah, real bugs got in the system. That's where that term came from, bugs. That lady that became an admiral. She would take bugs out of the computer because there would be insects that would get caught in the computer and the wiring of the computer and had to get the bugs out. It would short out the computer or have trouble with the computer. It was a joke, but it really happened. That's where the word bug came from. Now we need software bugs or programs that are bad, right? Our routines or algorithms that can destroy your systems. So I've always had this sense of uh, cybersecurity way back then. We call it a quality assurance at the time. But cybersecurity is really advanced quality assurance, right? By keeping the right things in, the bad things, the wrong things out. But here's the problem with cybersecurity. It's expensive. It's overhead to a company. And necessarily itself does not increase profits or revenues. In fact, you spend a lot of money to get it. So you have to learn to leverage it to be able to make money with it. Now, if you see insider threat prevention, what happens? Somebody in the inside goes bad. The trouble with insider threats is that when they're carried out, they can put your business totally out of business. A high percentage of companies that are violated through insider threats never recover. Unlike all these other kind of threats you have, you can recover from. Might be expensive, might be hard, but you will recover. About 30% of insider threats put you out of business for good. Billion dollar companies have totally disappeared because of an insider violation. It can happen quick. Banks have gotten in trouble. Back west, I can remember a bank in 2008, around that time frame, that was wiped out. Because somebody said something that wasn't true, made all the investors and all the investors, all the what do you call them? People put money in the bank, all the account holders. Tells you it's late, right? All the account holders started withdrawing all the money online immediately. Before the government could do anything about it, the bank was insolvent. It really happened because of a rumor started by somebody on the inside. So if something goes bad, it can ruin you. 
Now, the odds are every day now increasing that something bad is going to happen through insider threats and cybersecurity. But a lot of managers spend money on this, and they hate to do it because they don't really see the return. Although if you're really smart, you will learn that a customer would really like to buy a product, really would like to buy a product from a company that's very secure rather than one who's not secure. So there's a marketing reason you would do cybersecurity, but a lot of them, you know, a lot of them, you just do it. You're going through the motions. You don't expect anything from it. You hire cybersecurity folks. They kind of get bored to death. Nothing's really being implemented. They go in day and in day out, and, and all that. All kinds of weird things happen in cybersecurity. Now here's the other thing. A lot of cybersecurity people will brag about their neat solutions <laughs> that nobody should know about especially those listening to them who may be violators, right? So you see these conferences on cybersecurity talking about the great things we can do to secure software. And, of course, the crooks will be there too because they're smart and they went to the same programs, they went to the same universities, studied the same stuff. And when you make a discovery, if you tell everybody about it, they're hearing about it too. They're already ahead of you. So it's really a hard thing. It's very psychological. It's very intense, requires flexible insight to be good at it. You see? But a lot of executives don't like to pay for it because they don't think they're going to have a problem with it. It's kind of like whistling at midnight in a graveyard. That's what they're doing. Right? So they get on, they go through all that. So can you, if you work in a place like that and you're very serious about cybersecurity and you find out nothing changes and nothing changes and it's, you write all these standards and you do these guidelines and you print them and nobody looks at them and nobody really cares, it's kind of defeating, right? So what do you do? You try and change it. You have flexible insight. You say, hmm, it's time to hostile a vista. Like our friend Arnold would say, whatever he would say. And he'd be gone. I shall be back, or whatever it is, right? But no, you won't. You'll go to another place. See? And that's what I mean by insightful flexibility. You have the contingency of behavior that allows you to be flexible based on the insights that you get. And these have a big thing, a big role to play, a big position. All right, and developing and achieving exceptional performance. If you don't have insightful flexibility, you will never achieve exceptional performance. You'll be okay. It also ran. But your performance will not be extremely good. You see, it will be just okay. So, what we have to do is remember We always need a range of solutions to meet the needs of employees, right? And at every level in the company. And these solutions have to be able to encourage them to develop insightful flexibility. That's your action plan, you know? Help your employees. Help yourself. Let them help you. It's a very neat idea. So that means prayer. Prayer. We prepare, right? 
So the question is, how can you validate the CSF, insightful flexibility, in feeding all employees? Well, give up. You offer dynamic solutions. You know, let me take a sip of my tea here. My throat is getting dry. Be right back. Mm, that's good. You offer dynamic solutions, right? Not dead solutions. Living solutions, enduring solutions. That's what we do. We ensure that all colleagues, team members, understand this CSF, a flexible, a flexibility insight, flexible insight. We communicate the personal nature of this CSF. And we remember that too much flexibility is also a problem. If you're so flexible, you will never, ever focus on anything. It has to be appropriate to the problem. That's what you have to do. You have to be flexible to a limit. Right? Without flexibility, you won't have much insight. They won't be able to put it to use. That's why they go together. You can maybe have a lot. I said that earlier. Have a lot of insight. But you just won't put it to use. Because you're being flexible. It won't change your life. There was this fellow. A very, very fine scholar that lived in China. Catholic priest missionary. Long time ago. I read some of his stuff. I really liked what he wrote. Very interesting guy. Forward thinking, a scientist par excellence. And the communists were taking over China and they told him, Father, you need to get out of here. You won't be safe. And he just didn't believe them. He just couldn't see it. He wasn't flexible. He'd been there for years. He thought he helped save so many souls, converted so many people, so many things going on. People loved him. He loved them. He couldn't understand why he would have to go. He didn't understand the communists taking over. Mayo and those people. And I don't mean mayonnaise. Right? So he stayed there. And the communists took over. And everybody was leaving, but not him. Not him. He was there. Didn't worry. Things will be okay. Well, he didn't survive it, right? Because they weren't okay. They didn't treat him none too good at all. None too good. Get it, Catholic? None too good. None. Just a joke, right? Do you know the one about the missionary that has such deep faith that he never worried? Somebody came to him and says, Father, we're having a typhoon here in the South Pacific. we got to get out of here. This church is going to flood. Don't worry about it. He says, don't worry about it. I'm a man of faith. We'll be okay. You know that one? Some of you do. Some of you don't, I see. Well, this is for those who haven't heard this. All three of you. And so the priest says, don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. So everybody's getting cleared out and the police are getting moving people. The military are moving people, trying to get them to high ground. 
And this church was in pretty high ground, not terribly high. It was still floodable. They came by and said, look at Father. We're running out of time. This typhoon's going to be here in an hour. we got to get out of here. The winds are picking up. No, 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 no. I trust. I absolutely trust. I will be okay. My faith is strong. I do not have to worry. All right? So this happened two more times, and he wouldn't budge. So they all left, and he was there alone. Nobody was there but him. But he felt pretty sure he was going to be okay until the water came in, and he drowned, and he died. And appears before God Almighty. And he said, I thought you were going to save me. I trusted in you. I believed in you. You didn't save me. And he says, Father, who do you think sent all the boats to get you out of there? Who do you th- who do you think sent all the police officers to get you out of there? Who sent over the soldiers to get you out of there? But you wouldn't go. you got to be flexible. Where's your insight? Priest didn't have flexibility, nor did he have the insight that went with it. Same happened to that missionary in China I told you about. He was really warned. People were leaving. He really couldn't, he just couldn't get it. And it cost him dearly. He was a famous guy. You know? Imagine that. People lost their lives. Lost their livelihoods. Because they didn't have insightful flexibility. Think what that can do to your company. When you have employees that don't have any flexibility. Or they don't have any insight. Isn't that something? We have to grow up. What's the old saying? You have to be open, but not too open. You have to close down a little bit sometimes, but not too much. you got to get the right limits. Right? It's got to be just the right amount. Not too much, not too little. you got to get it right. That's the, one of the secrets of life. Getting it right. Right? You know? Being kind without letting people walk all over you. Being honest without hurting people's feelings. Honesty without kindness is cruelty. Remember Socrates said that. Life is about balance. Getting it right. You know? Remember what I said the other day about if you want to lose weight, eat slower. That really helps. It helps you get things right. It's about measurement, right? About not too much, not too little. That takes a real skill, right? That's where success really comes from, right? Having a joyful life is a life that doesn't own you. You know, St. Francis had all of his friars, those people that lived in the friary, kind of like a monastery, but it's not the same because they go out of the monastery and work. But he had all of his friars take a vow of poverty. So they didn't own much. And you know what his reason was? Because the more you own, the more it owns you. He would say, if you owned a lot, then you have to have weapons to protect it. So you can't be peaceful. So you had to look for the happy medium. The mean. Positive mean, the good mean. As Aristotle would call it, the golden mean. The golden mean. 
Isn't that something? That's what he called the golden mean, to get it right. That's what you have to do in your life. That's why I did that first podcast series and applied moral wisdom. To give you some, share some insight about the golden mean, how to attain it. Don't you want to live a better life? You see? You have to be flexible and you have to have insightfulness. And then you have to live with applied moral wisdom. Applied moral wisdom. And live by the golden mean. Isn't that neat? So how can I validate the CSF insightful flexibility? You offer dynamic solutions. Because that dynamic means they're changeable. They can accommodate the problem as it changes. It's flexible. You, that means that you ensure that all employees or all managers understand this critical success factor. Understand what it means. That's where you start. You communicate the personal nature of the CSF. Remember that too much flexibility is also a problem. But you communicate the personal nature. What do I mean by that? How it affects you. Think about this flexibility. Right? It means you have to have some changeable. You're willing to change. You're willing to adapt to new learning. And it's going to help you develop new insight because you're going to do different things. Your behaviors will change. And that will open up new insights for you. Do you know if you do the exact same thing every day, you're limiting your insight? Yeah. It's a person that for breakfast every morning for 25 years has three pancakes with the same syrup and the same butter. Absolutely no flexibility for breakfast. And one day, a friend drops by and fixes him breakfast as a surprise. And it was not pancakes. And he eats it and he goes almost into shock. First of all, it was French cooking, which is very good. They got it from the Italians. And he has his insight. And here's his insight. What have I been doing to myself all these years? He starts crying. What an insight. It changes his life. Let me get a sip of my tea. I'm about to cry, huh? It changed his life, that one meal. After all those years, he realized what he's been missing out on. Yeah. He had the same thing for breakfast year after year after year after year because he was inflexible. He was a creature of habit. You ever see these obsessive compulsive people? They have these rituals. They're not flexible. It gives them a certain emotional gratification. But it limits their ability to enjoy life. It dominates them. That's why flexible insight is so important. Because it tells you something if you work with people. And you see OCD versus flexible insightful flexibility. You're going to have different outputs. You're going to have different success rates. You know? Imagine that guy that let the rowboats go during the typhoon. And he drowned. <laughs> he should have been more flexible. Or a good swimmer. Right? 
So we communicate the personal nature of the CSF. And remember that too much flexibility is also a problem. We find the golden mean. So then we define the CSF insightful flexibility for the team, like we do with all these other factors. We help the team come to terms with it. We don't tell them everything. We elicit from them their ideas, their insights, and help guide their insights to flexibility. We ensure that the team understands the limits of flexibility for any specific situation. Some situations call for you to be really flexible. Others do not. You know, that's worth thinking about, isn't it? It's situational. And then you do not over-identify the CFFs of the team. Do not get in the way of the progress. Learn from them. Remain flexible yourself. Let them share your insights. And let them share their insights with you. Communicate back and forth. Feedback and adjustment. Enable your colleagues to have the freedom to desire exceptional performance by defining CFFs that are really critical to achieving exceptional performance. You see? Empower them. Enable them. I one time took a job. This guy wanted to start a recruiting company. I was a young man, probably in my upper 20s. I was going into consulting already. and So I went to this guy, interviewed, and I consulted what he wanted to do. He wanted to develop an office and set up a recruiting where he could put people out on jobs and get paid for it. Headhunter, he wanted to be a headhunter. They called him that, stuff like that. They called him everything today, even names, right? But I went in there and I interviewed with him, and that evening I gave him the resume and gave him references because he wanted a bunch of references. So I gave him some. And he had, so he asked all these references, one question, the same question. How do you control a guy like this? He's got so much energy. He seems really knowledgeable. But how can I control him? And they all said to him the same thing. You hire a guy like Ray, you don't control him. You let him loose to do his thing. And that's your reward because he'll make it right. That was good. That was actually a nice thing for them to say about me. But they knew me because I had worked for them all. And they were intelligent, confident executives who knew how to judge people. And I always did a good job with them. They were the best managers I ever had, some of these people. But this guy was a control freak. Thought he knew it all. Had no flexibility. And he wanted to make sure he could control me. So you know what happened, of course. We parted ways. Yes, we parted ways. It would not work out for me. You have to learn to say no. You have to know when to fold them, right? Was that Kenny Rogers song? Kenny Rogers, there was an interesting guy, huh? You have to know when to fold them. That goes for all of us. You have to know when to fold them. And you can do that if you have flexibility. You see, so by empowering your colleagues and your employees, your team members, your teammates, they in turn will empower you because exceptional performance will prevail. Isn't that wonderful how that works? 
So, he delivers solutions. So how can I validate the critical success factor, insightful flexibility, and fitting all employees? We deliver solutions, right? We offer operational solutions. We offer tactical solutions. We offer strategic solutions. Those are solutions at three levels. Operational, tactical, and strategic. Do you know the difference yourself of these three? You know the difference between a strategy, a tactic, and an operational task? Yeah. Everybody says strategic planning is long-range planning. No, not necessarily. It could be strategies for next week. What's the tactical thing? Tactical is how you operationalize what? A strategy. How are we going to do that strategy? What tactics are we going to use to make that strategy work for us? See? How's all this going to operate? Three levels of solutions. So that's what we do. We deliver solutions. That's what exceptional performance is all about. Delivering the best solutions you can for the situation that is enduring, that everybody can understand and activate, right? And to be able to do that, you have to have insightful flexibility. Need help at all. It's like a puzzle. Everything comes together. They fit together properly. I think it's just terrific how life is, huh? Now, you have a cell with a nucleus. You've got a membrane and all. Everything fits together like a puzzle. So does this. To have exceptional performance, you solve a puzzle. You provide solutions. Right? Do I hear an amen, brother? Do I hear an amen, sister? Yes. So insight 16. Flexibility without constraint delivers inflexibility. It is a mystery for sure. Did you get that? Flexibility without constraint delivers inflexibility. It's a mystery for sure. But think about this. What is flexibility without constraint? You're too flexible. Nothing can take traction. You end up not doing anything. You're so flexible you don't get started. You're so flexible you don't succeed. You're so flexible you can't narrow everything down. You're so flexible, you can't complete a plan of action because you go in multiple directions. So that's the same thing as being inflexible because you've got nothing done. You've got to commit to something. If you're too flexible, you don't commit to things. You commit to thousands of things. If one changes one's position every day about the same matter, one will eventually arrive at where one began. Nowhere. I'll say that again. That's a quote from yours truly. Now think about it. Stop and think about it. If one changes one's position every day about the same thing, about the same matter, one will eventually arrive at where one began, and that's nowhere. You know where you started. Think about politicians. I have never met so many people that blame so many other people for their failures as I do see today. Washington. People are so mixed up. Some of them are so flexible that they become inflexible. So many are so dishonest. 
So many look in the mirror and they laugh. God, that's all they can do. Or they cry. They don't even get it. I mean, even when the Supreme Court ruled that we're going to have a democracy and let the people in the states vote on what they want. People are saying that's terrible. It's not democracy. That's what democracy is all about. People voting for the issues. Society as a country votes for an issue. They elect their representatives. That's democracy. And here we have the court giving us a right to vote on an important issue. And people are saying, we have no democracy. It's utter nonsense. Wake up. That's what I tell these people. Wake up. You've become so flexible, you're inflexible. You don't get it. You're nowhere. You're where you started. Now you can vote. Nobody's taking away a right. They've given you an additional right to get a right. You now have a right to vote on an important topic that you didn't have a right before to do. Now you can vote on it. And the majority wins, right? That's democracy. Wow. We're more democratic now. Now we have all these people burning down buildings. They're rioting and all this stuff. It's totally beyond reason. It's totally emotional based on ignorance. How can a country that spends more on education than all the other world countries combined? There was a time in this country where we spend every year on education more than all the European countries combined. And they first produced pretty good educated people for a lot less money. Just amazing what's happened to this country. Listen, remember what I said? Good people do good things. Bad people do bad things. You know? We have to be fully there and present in the world that we live in. We have to have flexibility and insight. But we must be able to understand the position, learn about it, and make a decision and stick to it. Unless we know we're absolutely wrong. But an adult does not change their position every single day about the same matter. I feel, I emotionally feel bad for a lot of people today that I see on TV or listen to. That group called The View. You can see they don't like each other when they talk to each other. They probably don't even talk to each other when they have a break. But they preach nonsense. Absolute nonsense. That's emotionally illiterate. Right? So, we have to have flexibility with insight. Insightful flexibility. That way we won't change our position every day about the same matter. You know? So, let me give you a fact. The Newkirk Facts of Life. We are surrounded by data but starve for insights. Jay Bayer said that. Jay Bayer. Yeah. We are surrounded by data, but starved for insights. Isn't that something? Bad data in, bad information out.
this is the time of big data. I hear it all the time. Big data. Welcome to the world of big data, ladies and gentlemen. But we have no insights, right? How did you know that, mister? Well, the data told me that. So data talks to you, does it? Yes. And the data told me. How do you know the data is right? Because there's another file of data that says the first file is right. So the data told me. Gotcha. What's the insight? What's that bad data in, bad data out, right? Flexibility makes buildings to be stronger. Imagine what it can do for your soul. Who said that? You know? Carlos Berrios, one of my favorite people. Carlos Berrios. Flexibility makes buildings to be stronger. Imagine what it can do for your soul. Yes. Amen, Carlos. I love that. Flexibility is good for the soul. You know? Keeps us from getting depressed. If we start getting depressed, we have to change, don't we? We have to do something different. If our friends get on our nerves, we need to find new friends. If we get on other people's nerves, we have to change. It's a two-way street. You know? We're surrounded by data, but starve for insight. So that means data can make us inflexible. Hmm? So we know that if a building is flexible, it lasts better during a hurricane. Some of them won't blow down if they're flexible enough. It makes them strong. So think of what it can do for us. You know? Think about it. Go deeper. Listen to what you feel. If you want to know if you're flexible properly or not. Listen to your feelings. Listen to how you feel. They tell you something about you. About what you're thinking. About the decisions that you have made. Right? Now, I'm the kind of guy that... It's hard to change my mind because I've studied ideas so thoroughly. I would tell my team, you can change my mind, but you better have a good reason. I'm changeable, but you better have good data. I can work with you, but you better have a good solution because I've thought about a lot of stuff. And I know a dumb idea when I hear one. So if you really want to work with me, don't bring me a dumb idea. Bring me a good idea and make your case. You know, management, I used to tell my people, I want to hear all your solutions and I want to hear all your problems, but I particularly want to hear your problems that that, that have the solutions with them. Then I got the point where I tell them, don't bring me a problem without a solution. You find a problem, bring me a solution. Well, that didn't work out. They quit bringing me problems because they couldn't come up with solutions. So that was a different problem I had to solve, right? Problem upon a problem, problem upon a problem. So I had to lead them through the process by sharing insights so they could be flexible. You see how it works with human beings, right? So 
Flexibility is a good thing as long as a person enjoys a well-formed judgment that responds appropriately to the insight that ignites the flexibility. Can I say that again? That impresses me. Let's see if I can remember it. Let's see. Flexibility is a good thing as long as the person enjoys a well-formed judgment that responds appropriately to the insight that ignites the flexibility. Well, I wonder who said that. So, well-formed judgment. Did you hear that? The person must have a well-formed judgment. It's not just opinion. You can't go by opinion. You have to have some facts, some solutions, some ideas, some insights. Wow, imagine that. Well-formed judgment requires insight. Isn't it amazing how it all works together? The puzzle comes together. The pieces are clicking, friends in Romans. Flexibility is a good thing as long as the person enjoys a well-formed judgment that responds as appropriate to the insight that ignites the flexibility. Amen. That's it. Now let me look up who said this. Let's see. Ah, uh, Dr. R. L. Newkirk. That's me. I didn't know I was so smart. I must be flexible. Huh. Isn't that something? Flexibility made me smarter. Well, guess what, my friends? I'm sad to say our time is up on episode 16. Thank you for joining me on this discussion about achieving exceptional performance. I will be back with episode 17 next time. You know? Now, I am Dr. Raymond L. Newkirk, Dr. Psych, Dr. PhD, Dr. of Philosophy, okay, Kennedy of Theology, CFP, Systems Management Institute, Orlando, Florida, 32835. Doesn't that just excite you, right? <laughs> 407-864-7756. rnewkirk at smislc.info. That's my email. Send me an email. www.smirsp.com. And what is my slogan? What drives me? Forever what? Forward. Forever forward. I should say that in Latin. I can pronounce it better. Forever forward. All right. And I want to thank you for listening. We will continue with this discussion soon.